Hello, and welcome to Catholicism in the Car. My name is Parker Zerbal. Alrighty, um, today we're going to continue on social issues. So this time, I want to move to the really controversial ones right now. And that would be the issues uh, regarding sexuality. So we already talked about one of them, was abortion. And contraception, although contraception isn't that controversial, because really the only people that disagree with contraception are Catholics. Uh, I know there's some Orthodox and some Evangelicals that disagree with it too, but as a group, the only ones that... Okay, sorry, my wife just called me. So I think the, the... the really controversial ones that we've talked about already are that of abortion, that of contraception. Contraception isn't that controversial because Catholics are really the only ones that disagree with it anymore. There's a few evangelicals and a few Orthodox who disagree with it as well, but not many. Um, yeah, but nobody else, as far as I know, really disagrees with contraception, except for maybe some very uh, intense environmentalism, environmentalists uh, because of, of what contraception birth control in particular, does to the environment, although those people probably wouldn't be against contraception in principle, just in certain forms, like the pill. Anyway, so we're going to continue upon some some really controversial ones here. Uh, I think I want to do it in this order, because this is kind of the order, the historical order in which these things have become social issues. So the first one, I think, would be uh, would be divorce. That would be the first one. Divorce and then subsequently remarriage, right? The second would be the issue of contraception, uh, which we haven't touched on exclusively yet. Uh, After contraception, I would argue, would come the issue of homosexuality. And then after homosexuality, the issue of transgenderism. So, uh, first and foremost, the issue of divorce and remarriage. What a fun one. I have uh, some people very close to me who have gone through this. I'm sure everyone in America who's listening to this, at least in America, has had someone very close to them go through uh, the tragedy of divorce and then the subsequent tragedy of remarriage, right? And I I think it's important to argue this as much as possible from a a natural philosophical perspective. Now, it, it is true that in virtually every society throughout human history, there have been laws uh, or at least societal standards against divorce. Um, there have at least been some sort of conditions. It hasn't been, there really hasn't been any such thing as no-fault divorce, uh, as far as I have ever read. There, you know, famously in the Old Testament, uh, a man could divorce his wife for any host of reasons. Uh, in many uh, countries in the Middle East, in the ancient world, uh, polygamy was was quite uh, common, and so divorce was also slightly more common, right? But there were always stipulations on these things. The fact of no-fault divorce is quite novel um, to history. And the, so the, the, the reason that divorce, I think, can be argued from a natural philosophical perspective, that the reason that divorce has been considered at least somewhat to the point where they would at least put some stipulations upon who can get divorced or not. The reason it has been somewhat wrong, at least, is because of what it does to children. What it does to children. And those in my life who have suffered through divorce, uh, it's clear. 
what it has done to them um, and the ripple effects that that causes down the line. Um, it, it really wasn't until Christianity that divorce was n- no longer an option in a, in a large society. It wasn't until Christendom. And we are now recovering. Well, I guess I could say we are now, um, we are now, you know, basically fully out of, a, out of the descent from Christendom. We're now in a completely secular society. Christendom is utterly gone, uh, you know, and so, but yet people still have the basic cultural desire, at least, to have their marriages last. Most people do. And certainly children have the desire for their parents' marriages to last, right? Now, of, of course, it is a separate issue when we're talking about marriages where one or both spouses are in situations of abuse, right? Because strictly speaking, divorce is not the problem. It's the remarriage part that's the problem. Uh, because certainly people can be separated if, if one or another is is, uh, is harmful to the other party, or both are severely harmful to each other, right? Or to, or to the children. Um, in those cases, of course, there would need to be separations that would go on. And the Catholic Church has always made provisions for that. What is... Is, has never been acceptable in Christendom is the remarriage of persons after they are divorced, unless there is the rare case of annulment, which is another topic we'll get to because the modern Catholic Church hands out annulments like candy in many places. Not in all, not in all places, but in many places, annulments are handed out like candy. And that is a massive, massive problem because what does it do? It means that de jure, on the books, by the law, divorce is banned, but de facto within the Catholic Church in many places. Divorce is common, commonplace. That's a subject for another day. What so often, I think, goes unsaid when people are discussing divorce is the effect it has on the children and the effect it has on subsequent generations. You know, after you see your... So children have this concept of their parents. They see them, they see them basically as God. Parents are God to their children, basically. Psychologically, that, that's pretty much how kids view it. Their parents can do no wrong, uh, you know, unless they're, unless they're really told otherwise. But even, even in such cases, when children are abused by their parents, there's a certain type of Stockholm Syndrome that can often set in. Stockholm Syndrome is when, you know, the, the, the captive falls in love with the captor, right? A certain type of Stockholm Syndrome can, can uh, make itself known where the, the, the child tries to defend the abusive parent. Even because, because it's just innate. It's innate within us to, to, to want to love our parents. That's why the commandment uh, of honor your father and mother, when it is broken, is so, so consequential. Because when, when innate parts of us are broken, bad things inevitably occur. <laughs> um, and, and, and that's what happens through divorce, is, is the children are the ones who suffer the most. And then, of course, if there's an abandoned spouse within the divorce, one spouse who didn't want the divorce, that spouse certainly suffers quite, quite a heavy burden. Uh, and then particularly if the divorcing spouse, the spouse who wants to get divorced, gets remarried, you know, oh man, for the children and for the spouse that didn't want the divorce, that is a very, very painful, very, very painful situation to be in. And it lasts, it never, that never goes away until, until people die. It doesn't go away. And I, I think, um, you know, many of the, the, 
the foreseen consequences of divorce, the, the intended consequences, were uh, things like opening the door for the sexual revolution, opening the door for uh, the use of contraceptives. Uh, because once once people can get divorced, especially in no-fault divorce, it, it makes adultery much more appealing. Because <laughs> then you're not stuck with societally you know you're not stuck with the person whom you pledged your life to when they know that you've committed adultery against them and human beings i don't care what you say we have a very visceral reaction to being betrayed by the sin of adultery even polyamorous people need to fight that urge they that's what they call it at least they call it an urge and it is an urge but they try to fight it they try to fight the urge to be jealous of the adultering spouse even when they themselves are adultering anyway I want to continue this topic because this topic of divorce is a big one um, and it has massive consequences. It's really like it's the gateway. <laughs> it's the gateway drug of the rest of the social issues regarding sexuality. When you start allowing divorce, all the other things start to follow. This is why in certain Christian denominations, once they allowed divorce, they allowed contraception. Once they allowed contraception, they allowed homosexuality. Once they allowed homosexuality, they allowed transgenderism. And I'm quite sure that once we allow fully transgenderism, transhumanism is right around the corner. Transhumanism being, you know, human beings trying somehow to upload their consciousness, their brains into uh, into some sort of digital reality, or combining their uh, combining their their natural organic bodies with some sort of uh, technological digital reality, right? And we're already seeing this a little bit with surrogacy and things of that nature. Like that is like the very beginnings of transhumanism. We're implanting, using technology to implant a fetus, a baby within a woman who is not its mother. And that person, you know, is, is used as a tool, as a as like a carrying mechanism for the baby and then has the baby and has to deny all of their motherly instincts to love that child in order to give them up uh, to the child's quote-unquote, rightful parents, right, depending on the situation. So crazy, crazy stuff, uh, and, and we're in the midst of it. We're actually, we're closer to the end, I think, of the tunnel, uh, or at least, I guess, maybe not a tunnel because there's no light on the other side. We're closer to the end of the pit, to the bottom of the pit, than we might think, although there's still quite a ways to go. So not to be depressing, but that's where we're at. We need a revival. We need a revival, people. Not a revolution, but a revival. Thank you. Oh, uh, real quick, real quick, please feel free to uh, subscribe to any of my podcasts on any of the podcast players. Find me on YouTube. Please subscribe. Like me on Facebook. Like the Catholicism Car channel on Facebook. Twitter, Instagram. We're all there. Catholicism Car. Find me. And then I also have a Patreon account if you wish to support what I do at this, at this podcast and this YouTube channel. And you can also support us on anchor.fm. There's a support button there you click on. I also have links to all of this on my website's support page at www.catholicismintheCar.com.